My name is Sam Varner, and I'm a profit coach. And you're asking yourself, what the hell is a profit coach? It is a coach that focuses on business owners getting to the point where they're paying themselves a minimum of $75,000 in actual income. So you are so profitable in your business, you are taking home a minimum of 75K. You've got your systems, your finances, your sales, everything all sorted out and you have generated the business that you thought you were going to do when you first started and you've spent all the time learning exactly what you need to know to be exceptional in your industry but what you didn't get was the business knowledge in taking this private practice from a place you work to a thriving business that's what I'm here for I'm Sam Varner the profit coach and this is the podcast she needs grit. Get ready, get caffeinated, and let's get profitable. Welcome, everybody. Yeah, I hope everybody clicked, got it, because we are recording this. And I have the esteemed pleasure of introducing our coach today. Uh, she's near and dear to my heart. She has helped a, a numerous amount of people. Samantha Varner is Crush Profit Coach. And she will teach you everything you need to know about making more profit out of your existing business. If you're not quite there, um, or even if you are there and you want to um, just scale from there, she can help you. She's got amazing, amazing training. She even has a group training that's starting in October sometime, I think. And you can make reservations and get on that list for her coaching. But Check her out today. She's going to enlighten us all. Um, I have our town lake meeting, so I won't be on the whole time, but I'll stay on as long as I can. So without further ado, uh, further um, ado, I bring you Samantha Varner. Hello, everybody. It is so good to be here today. You guys have to be a little bit more energetic and enthusiastic because I was up this morning driving a kid to school at 5 a.m. So I'm having another coffee and we're gonna we're gonna get this party started. But we are gonna talk today all about profit. So I'm gonna share my screen with you and we'll just get into making more money in business because as a profit coach, that's what I focus on. And as business owners, that's what you should be focusing on. So my company is called Crush Profit Coaching. I work with individuals that are looking to make more money in their business. So I am teaching people exactly how to do that, what they need to be doing and working on, identifying the problems that they have in their business, and then solving them, right? So we can make some more money. So today's content, just to give you a heads up, I know for me, I always kind of like to know what I'm in for. And then I know when it's getting close to the end or when I can create some questions. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about Crush. I'm going to tell you a little bit about me. So a little bit about why is it even worthwhile listening to what I have to say when it comes to profit, when it comes to growing your business. I like to get that out there for you guys. Profit. Why do we even care, right? Like we talk about sales. We talk about clients. We talk about doing good in the world. Why do we even care about profit? Why is that the focus that I concentrate on and why I think you should be doing it as well? So we're going to talk about that. I'm going to give you a little tough love. So 
surprisingly in my introduction, Helen always calls me the ass kicker. And she didn't say that today, but that's the reality is so often we hire coaches or we get people to help us with things and they kind of tell us what we want to hear. Instead, I'm here to say, I'm not probably going to tell you all the things you want to hear. I'm going to tell you the things you need to hear. So a little tough love, a little, a little kick in the behind if you may be needing that right now. We're then going to talk about, as promised in the title, we're going to talk about five ways you can kind of think about growing profit in your business, increasing what that number looks like for you, and why you even really want to do that. And then I'm going to assign you some homework because what kind of a coach am I if I let you just leave the premises today, turn off Zoom, and you haven't actually created anything different or anything new or the next steps. So I want to make sure that you you have that when you leave. And of course, we're going to talk just a little bit about why you need me in your life more than just today for our chat. So let's get started. Okay, now I have to move the people out of the way here on this screen because I can never see. Okay, so... My business has been around now for about five years. It's gone through a little bit of shifting in terms of who my clientele is and what exactly we're focused on. But at the end of the day, right now, Crush Profit Coaching is working on these three objectives. First and foremost, it is absolutely critical for business owners to create time freedom and financial flexibility. How many of you feel like that's something that might be missing in your business where you are right now? Pop a thumbs up in the chat or a crying face emoji or whatever kind of fits the bill. How many of you are in that place where you're like, yes, more time, some more financial flexibility? How much of that do we need still? Okay, and I'm going to open the chat. So here we go. Technology is my friend. Okay. All right. Come on. I know you guys. Yes to both. Kyle, thank you for being so brave to be like, yeah, that's me. Mm -hmm. Jennifer. Okay. Yeah. So you guys want to see some of that, right? Which means we're going to focus on that. And that's, that's how I operate in my business. And it's certainly how we're going to operate today. So think about those things as we're going through the rest of the discussion. The objective number two for Crush Profit Coaching is that I really want to see the number much, much better. It says over. 86% of owners take a yearly salary of less than $100,000. That is a lot of entrepreneurs out there in the world that are just not paying themselves. And if they are paying themselves, it's often sporadic. It's often with those little piddly leftovers after you've paid all your staff, paid all your expenses, all of that stuff. And at the end of the day, the whole reason that we have businesses is that we want more time freedom, we want more financial flexibility, and in order to actually see if we've even gotten to that point, a paycheck is a really good indication. If you're able to pay yourself really consistently a decent salary, that means there is money burning and churning in the back end of your business, and that's what I'm working on. The other piece is objective number three creating an accountability system for entrepreneurs so that profit becomes a priority. Here's the thing. I'm willing to bet if I pulled you guys right now and said, do you guys know 
what you need to do to get more sales, what you need to do to increase your profit, how you could minimize your expenses, all of those pieces, most of you could answer those questions, right? If it was a multiple choice situation, you could answer because you already actually have the information. The number one challenge for any business owner is in the face of all of the things that you have going on, all of the clients you're servicing, all of the business that you're currently doing, making time to focus on the profitability of your business is the problem. Holding yourself accountable, being the parent in your business or the boss that's forcing you as the employee to do the things that you know are going to create that for you. So my company is 100% focused on this with clients and it makes a big difference, right? Okay. So let's talk about me just for a second. If you're not familiar with me, I've been a member now of NIA for about two, I think it's two and a half years. I'm a member of Helen's group in Katy, and I have thoroughly enjoyed both the online and the in-person meetings. I have moved to Texas about nine years ago. It's almost 10, it'll be 10 in December, which is really hard to believe. And when I got here, it took me a little while to figure out what I was going to do. I had four very tiny humans at the time. You guys can see they're now 15 to almost 10. So we're getting big in my house. In fact, three of them are bigger than me. Um, but the reality is I had to figure out what I was doing. I had to kind of consider what was happening. So along the way, my coaching business was born. So that's kind of like my fifth kid, really, to be quite honest. In addition to that, I am also the podcast host for She Needs Grit. So if you haven't had a chance to listen to the podcast, if you're not a podcast junkie like I am, get onto podcasts and certainly go check out She Needs Grit. Okay, that's who I am. Okay, that's who I am. I'm the mom to these four kids, basically an Uber driver at all times. And I'm a profit coach and a podcast host. So why do I do what I do? How did I even get to this place in my business or in my life where I wanted to own a business and I wanted to share this kind of knowledge with other people? There's a picture of a little girl and she's wearing a hard hat. And that was my experience as a little kid. Not that I was like working construction when I was that small, but it wasn't probably much longer after that. My dad had a construction company and I worked really hard summers and winters and all of that stuff on his different construction sites. And what I got to see as a little kid was my dad being the boss. He was building this business from the ground up, creating just an amazing opportunity for his staff, for his employees, for us as his kids to get to see what that looks like. And so that's a huge factor in my why as to First off, why I decided to become a coach and why I focused on profit long-term. But that was me. I spent many a Canadian winter, you guys, pouring concrete in steel-toe boots outside in Alberta. I want you to just think about what that would be like. It was cold. It was really cold. Okay, so we're going to start. This is the part where I want you to really engage with me. I want you to throw your responses into the chat. I want to hear what it is you're thinking, but there's no driver for profit. It is just a number, right? Increasing your sales, that's just 
a fact of, yeah, we're trying to do that. And it's hard to sometimes stay motivated to those goals. But what right now is the motivating factor for you running your business? Right now, this morning, you got up, you decided that today was a day that you were going to work instead of being at the beach or reading a book in the backyard or whatever else you could have been doing. So what's the thing that drives you? Why are you here? Why are you a business owner? Ooh, to create amazing once-in-a-lifetime experiences for my kids. I love that. Okay, supporting nonprofits. Mm-hmm. Helping clients create stories from their photos. Okay, I love that. Growing your business, supporting elders and families through the challenges of aging. Okay. Oh, you guys are going fast now to retire. Empower people to leave a legacy. Okay, I love those. Those are the reasons that you're getting out of bed. It's not really the number of profit, right? It's not really the money that you're making, although that's the thing that kind of creates the opportunity, right? Without income in your business, you can't do all of those things. You can create a legacy. You can help people. Those things can happen. But the reality is without a business, you don't have the cash to create the legacy by donating and participating in those nonprofits, Freedom of time while making what I'm worth. Mm-hmm. Making music. Yeah. Ditto to Crystal. Freedom of time. Okay. Okay. So while you're all sitting there, I want you to like really hone in on that just for a second is every single one of you will have a reason you're doing it. And if this question feels a little bit hard or it feels like, eh, I can't really get to a deeper level of that, I want you to ask why? So the first question is, why are you here doing this day to day? And then you might say, uh, to feed my family, which is a mission of in and of itself, especially with teenagers. But the question after that is, but why this? Why is this the thing you're doing? Why are you not working a nine to five? Why are you not just slogging away at that job you had 15 years ago that you hated? What makes this the thing that you want to be doing, right? Okay, so everybody's got that in their head and there's some really good ones in there. I'm excited about that. Okay, now the chat's in my way, guys. <laughs> okay, so tough love. Here's the thing. Profit is directly a result of how many clients you have, how many sales you're making, and how much each one of those contributes to the bottom line of your business. So the question I have for you is, how many of you have exactly the right number of clients right now? How many of you need more clients? How many of you are on these Zoom with the nations to maybe find some more clients or to expand your network in order to find more clients, right? That is what the vast majority of us are doing with networking. Need more, need more clients. Okay, that's it, right? So if we want more profit and we know the reason we want it and we know we need more clients, it's the number of sales conversations that you are having day in, day out. It is avoiding that feeling of being the icky salesperson. And I know so many of you are gonna have that feeling. I 
all of my clients, when they come to me, maybe not all, but I would say a good 95% of them come to me and say, I don't want to feel yucky and pushy and aggressive when I'm selling. But we're coming from a place when we think of that, we're coming from a place of what can I get out of this person instead of what does this person allow me to be able to do for my big why, for that first question of why we're doing it. So how you guys can even like pop right off on your mics and share. So how many of you know you need a little bit of tough love in the sales department, whether it's trying to make sales or the number of sales conversations you have? Let's let's have a little bit of who's brave, who wants to hop out here and say, yeah, sales are not my favorite. I will. I definitely um, need to be a little bit tougher. I need a thicker skin. Okay. And what makes sales scary? Like what is the thing that's kind of stopping you? Well, in, in my job, pest control, uh, there's so many other companies out there. So I have lead companies, but then you're up against four or five other customers. And we're literally trying to respond to these leads in 19 seconds. We're trying to beat each other to call them and, and they're overwhelmed because they get four or five of us calling at a time. So I'm trying to okay. go different ways and get away from that and more into, I don't know, trying to figure out, you know, how do I get to the people I want to talk to that need the pest control? Mm-hmm. And are you doing that specifically in like a, a zip code or like, how are you, is it neighborhoods? Like, are you kind of farming certain neighborhoods or what's the best parameters you're using? Well, I would say usually we just work word of mouth. We, that's our that's mm-hmm. our biggest selling point where um, I do have Google and a lot of people call me in the area that I live in. So I'd say like right where I live at, because I guess it pinpoints me or something. I don't know. But we get yeah. a lot of people in that area calling us through Google. And we don't get too many from like in our area, but let's say they're like 30, 40 minutes away. So I don't know if they're just overwhelmed by other pest control companies. They literally don't even see us. So those are the people I'd like to get to, but, you know, I've tried calling people and I find it challenging because, you know, you sound like like you're bothering them. They're like, they're waiting to get off the phone with you. But how did they get on that lead list to begin with? Were they looking up pest control? So um, sometimes it's uh, somebody else, like uh, another customer who might say, you know, oh, so-and-so might be interested. Uh, Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'm looking at a list of people that, we don't have any more on the sorry about that no that's okay that we don't have any more in the um you know somebody may have canceled a few years ago i'm trying to get them back on board uh sometimes you know they're all different they come from all different areas sometimes though uh it's the technicians who are selling to the neighbors and things like that so yeah so what if you reframed before you called so here here are a couple tips that i give clients sometimes and i use them myself But first off, you have to pump yourself up for the phone calls, right? You have to get in the mood for pitching people. And if you can get yourself into the energy of, I have a service that they want. I am an excellent provider. We create X, Y, and Z experience for these clients, all of which you know, right? And if some days it's hard to think of those things, you can go back to old testimonials and things like that from clients where they're singing your praises. And when you have that information, if you start the call from that place, so instead of like, I am definitely pestering Bob, he does not want to hear from me. And now I'm interfering in the middle of his day. 
Instead, it's like Bob absolutely wants to hear from me today because he is in the market for pest control or he's really frustrated with the company he's currently using and I'm solving his problem. It gets you into a completely different mindset, which actually will change the intonation of your voice, change the way that you're focused on it, that sort of thing. Have you tried anything along those lines? <laughs> I do a little bit. Um, and I do, I, I can really relate to what you're saying. There are days when I, you know, you get off the phone with somebody who, I don't know how to word this. Somebody might call you with, you know, I have one ant on my counter. I need somebody out here <laughs> like yesterday. And you're just like, it's one ant. You know, but yeah, you're like, you're like, I'm not honey that's shrunk the kids. Like, I'm not going to go in. Okay. One <laughs> ant, that's a lot. Mm -hmm. But, but you're, so then, so then you're, you're looking at so your sales calls and you're just like, now you lost your sight. Cause now you're just like, oh my God, you know, <laughs> uh huh. so then yeah. you got to get psyched up all over again to, you know, kind of pump it up and talk to them. But yeah. I do try. I do try. Yeah. Cause number one, your, your best bet is a one-to-one -one conversation that's going to be your most effective, right? Even more than your SEO and all that. There will be a certain percentage of people that will just reach out and call because they're in the midst of a Google search for pest control, right? They're they're there. Right. Um, but for all of you guys listening, how is this related? Like, how can you see yourself in this exact conversation about how you approach your sales calls? Because it's the same for all of us, right? That hesitation, that feeling like we're interrupting, that triaging when you get leads and you think, oh, this is great. I'm going to call. And then it's, they have one ant. Um, all of those things, how can we start to shift and frame that it just means I have to make however many calls, whether that's 15 calls, 20 calls, whatever that is day to day to create the number of sales that I want, right? Have you figured out how many calls you need to make, what that looks like in terms of how many sales then you make on the back end? Oops. Can you guys hear me? Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay, good. Okay. Just checking. So that's the kind of thing that we want to talk about today. That's the kind of thing that we want to think about is how many calls do we need to make? So for you, it might be more calls and it might be just pumping yourself up and getting it even more kind of that continuous action of doing that every day. Does that sound, um, does that sound like it would work? Or at least have potential of working. Yeah. Yeah. Some kind yeah. of set plan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And oftentimes setting yourself a number of appointments that you have to make rather than the calls can help a lot because we can make some days we're going to make 30 calls and nobody's going to answer the phone or engage us or not hang up on us. And so how do we keep persevering? And sometimes it's just on, I'm going to make five appointments and that's the number, no matter how many calls we're going to make. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So if you shift that metric, it'll make it a little bit easier when you're just ticking off, like how many, how many trucks am I sending out to a house that is going to then do the pest control? And then that way you're hitting those numbers. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I'm yeah. writing notes right now. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. So read, go for no. Yes. Emily, that is a really good book. Really good book and a good idea. You're either doing the number of no's that you don't stop 
But if you're at the beginning of this and you're finding it really challenging, go for the yeses and then shift for going for the nos. So the goal is a little bit smaller when you say, okay, if I do five a day of actual appointments booked, then I'm going to hit those targets that I want to be hitting. And when you go for the nose, that's pushing you even beyond that, right? That's you saying, no matter what, I'm going to get this many nose. What it allows you to do is really dial in how skilled you're getting at each stage of that sales game, right? When you're on the phone or interacting with potential clients, you have to tweak each piece of that until it's working better, working better, working better all the way through the process. And that's a challenge, right? It is something that's very hard to do on those days where not one person has said yes. It can get very frustrating. So the question is, I'm going to ask you guys, in a range of one to five, how many of you on this call today think you're doing everything humanly possible to get the number of clients that you need? So where are you? So Number five is I'm doing everything. I am a rock star and it's still not working. And number one is, okay, I maybe need to do a little bit more. Perhaps you're talking to me. Stop looking at me, Sam. I don't want you to catch my eyeball. How many of you are in there? I can't even see. The good thing is, guys, I can't see your facial expressions because I have the slides up. So I can't actually see who's ducking and covering right now. <laughs> I'd say a three for me. A three for you? Yeah. Oh, Lindsay, a zero. Okay. That's really brave. I love that you put that out there. Well, the reason I put zero is yeah. because there are, <clears throat> I mean, I know that I'm not zero, but right. there are so many things that I don't do well, like okay. texting. I did a, I did a vendor event and people want me to text them. Well, I mm -hmm. hate texting because my fingers don't work that way. And, you know, so so to have to mass text essentially the same thing to 20 people means I have to go out and I have to look for a company that'll allow me to mass text and blah, blah, blah. Or <laughs> social media. I, mm -hmm. you know, I can do that for a month or two, but then it gets to be so overwhelming that it goes by the wayside. Um, and the business that I have is a photo organizing business where I help okay. people um, tell their stories with their photos. And I help people pre-plan for their ceremony, their celebration of life kinds of things so that they have their photos organized and in a place where their family can find them and use them. Okay. Those, those kinds of, of clients. Well, it's, it's difficult to, you know, I suppose I could go to every funeral home in town and say, you know, how are your clients dealing with their photos for their celebration of life? But, you know, so that, so I have, I see it as right now as a one-on-one, -on -one, obviously a one-on-one -on -one, um, um, situation, which is fine, but it would yeah. be nice to, to be able to get to more people to tell them 
what I do and that kind of thing. So does that make sense? Mm. So, I mean, it's, it, it's it not does. like I'm not out there talking to people because I yeah. do the networking things. I talk to a lot of people and, yeah. but getting them over that hump to say, yes, I know I need to do this. And I, I really want to talk to you about it, but then following up again mm -hmm. with them in two weeks or whatever. It's like my list is so stinking long of people that I still need to get back in touch with again that okay. I need to have a better way of tracking. Maybe that's mm. my issue. I need to have a better way of tracking who I've, how many times I've touched touched that person in, yeah. in my request for their business. Yeah, the thing that jumps out at me there is, two things. One, I'm just going to point out how often you, a coaching client, so you have an issue, you bring it up and you walk yourself right down the path into probably what your solution is, which in this case, I agree with you. I think a CRM system of some kind, so client relationship management system where it's going to track for you and then you can start using, um, will allow you to do exactly that. And that's a huge piece of leverage so that you're not missing things. Mm -hmm. The joy of most of those systems now isn't learning them. Not always a joy. It yeah. can be very frustrating. Yeah. But once you get it operational, they almost all have texting features. And so you can do some texting, some emailing, and you can do all of that from your computer. So you don't have to be typing on your phone, which is quite <laughs> annoying, right? Overall. Yeah. Um, but that's exactly, that's exactly right. Because your business is not suffering from a lack of leads. You have right. a whole list of people who have said to you like, hey, I'd really like to have a conversation. And now you're overwhelmed with the follow-up piece. So for you, your first stage of the sales process is really good. You're getting them interested. You're getting them intrigued. Now you just need to be sure that you're following up really actively until they're ready for that buying cycle. And for mm -hmm. your audience in particular, their motivating factor is going to be all of a sudden they need to get that ready. Right, right. 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 And that's a hard one to get in front of other than just being like casually in their atmosphere until they're ready for you. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But I would say take some time and, and look at a CRM. Um, and if you have questions and stuff, you can text me after or if you would prefer, you can email me and um, <laughs> I can give you some suggestions on CRMs. Okay. Like ones that'll be fairly straightforward. That'll have the bells and whistles that you're looking for. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Anybody else on here? I'm just scrolling down the list. Ooh, Emily, tell me about being an eight. What is working in your business? Um, I do. All, okay. oh, yeah, no, I am. Um, I do. I do all the things. Um, okay. My, I mean, you know, whether it's outbound, cold calling, networking, um, that's just been my wheelhouse for my whole career. So it just yep. comes pretty naturally to me. My biggest issue or problem is me and my attachment to my core value of time freedom. And I enjoy <laughs> that I can pick my kids up at three o'clock in the afternoon if I want to, or that I don't have to work today if I don't feel like it. And so. And so does I, that mean that you don't always do the working hours that you know you want to be doing? 
think I do the working hours when my family probably doesn't want me to be doing the working hours. <laughs> so you pick them up from school and then you're like, well, I have a little bit more work oh to do. God. So I'm going to go and get that done. Uh-huh. Yeah. Or please be quiet in the back seat so I can have this conversation and things like oh, that. Yes. So it's more of a, I'm my, I'm my own worst enemy. So I want the freedom, but I also want to, to do the work and, and make the sales and those types of things. So I'm trying to live both lives simultaneously. Yeah. And I Which think you can. Either one effective. Well, that's it, right? Sometimes without a plan, it becomes a little bit like wibbly wobbly, but I think you can do it. I think you can, most of us can probably work less hours than what we're currently working and make the same or more money. It's just the reality. It's about leveraging some automation, some delegation, a little bit of time management, it sounds like, right? Like really being like the mom of yourself, right? And dads, this is your circumstance too sometimes is when we're entrepreneurs, we set our own schedule, which is awesome, except for nobody's telling us what to do. And some days that can be really hard. It can be really hard to get yourself into, okay, the task I need to be doing is a task I don't want to be doing. And therefore I shall flip the laundry and wash the dishes. And that's just me. That's my life. Pick up the socks off the floor from the children that left them there and not actually get the work done. Right. So part of it is your, your issue is not necessarily going to be on the sales side of things, but it is just really tightening up. Why is doing the work within the certain hours that you've set out as work hours going to benefit you, right? And convincing yourself of that reality. And part of it is probably just like forcing yourself to do it for a little while so that you can see, oh, geez, it feels really good that I pick up the kids at three, we go home, we do snacks, we do unpacking backpacks, and then I can actually sit in the living room and listen to their day without that dreading feeling of like, I still have stuff to do and you guys now are here and that makes it harder, right? Yeah, okay. Okay, so when the rest of you are all listening to this and hearing how each one of you is going to have a slightly different piece of this that's hard, right? A slightly different part of this process is, is hard. But the reality is, if we want more profit, we probably need more conversations. And those conversations might be at the very front end, like you just don't have enough leads, so you can't possibly convert them into the number of sales that you need. Or it could be you have lots of leads and following up on them has become a real problem and they're dropping off the wayside, right? You have a pile of business cards that you're like, ooh, it's starting to gather dust over there and is it still okay for me to even reach out to these people? It's been quite some time, right? So those leads just kind of like flit off into the distance. Or there are some other pieces of your business that are causing you to not have the time flexibility and the financial freedom. Because sometimes we can see that you can have a little bit of one, but then to the detriment of the other. So we need to really create plans and strategies. And for the most part, hold ourselves accountable or get somebody in there to help you be accountable to those exact things. Okay. So here's the thing. Now it depends on where you are in business, but stats are not good for sticking it out as a business owner for more than five years. And the numbers are, you know, I can 
pull up the two-year quote or the 10-year quote. I think it's 25% at more than 15 years. For the vast majority of us on this call, we're going to want this business to last at least 10 years and to be profitable and to be generating revenue for your family so that you can do all the things that you want to be doing. And so these stats, there's a lot of pieces that go into why businesses fail, but a huge component of it is not profitable enough, not enough cash flow to allow for people's development, businesses being able to grow and scale, hiring people, paying yourself so that you don't just get super resentful, frustrated, and give up on the business. All of those things I want you to think about and go, okay, do I want to be one of these statistics or am I going to put the time in, going to make the calls, going to have those sales conversations, despite my feelings of, well, I don't like doing it. It is a skill like no, like any other skill, right? You learn just fine how to walk. You learned how to ride a bike, most of you, right? Um, you learned all sorts of things you can learn how to be an excellent salesperson as well. And you can do it without being icky or weird or feeling gross, okay? We don't, we, we don't need to do it that way. We don't need to. Okay, so here are the five pieces. So if you haven't been taking notes yet, now's the time. Pull out some paper. Let's have a conversation. And I'm open to you guys kind of, if you have commentary or you have questions as we go through this, please, you know, Pop on in here. We can have an interaction. I'm happy to hear what's going on in your day-to-day. But here are the five things that I think will allow you to make profit absolutely a priority in your business. Okay, so we're going to go through these. First and foremost, commit to selling better. You need to learn how to be a great salesperson. And I know I've mentioned that a couple of times, and it is worth me repeating it. This sometimes feels like something that we should just intrinsically know. I am a coach. I help people build their businesses and therefore I should be able to sell those services. No problem. I should have no hesitation to hop on social media or to hop on a podcast or to go speak somewhere live or, you know, on zoom. And I should just be able to sell and people should be lining up because I am so great at what I do. Okay. That's a very nice fairy tale, but the reality is it takes practice and consistent evaluation of your sales process to determine where you're tripping. There's a lot of people that think I have no problem talking to people. I have no problem socializing with people. Therefore I'm a good salesperson. And this is wrong, by the way, you could also be a good salesperson, but it is not a given. Okay. So before we get back to the show, I want to ask you something. Have you managed to implement everything that you've learned from me so far on how to scale, become profitable in your business? Like for real, everything? Do you pay yourself at least 75K? Are your financials and your systems serving your life, not just your business? Well, if you're not paying yourself or selling your services consistently, then that means you are not doing what you need to create your growth and money goals. You are not taking the right actions, and if you don't change what actions that you take, there is something else that's not going to change. The results. Yep, the results that you're getting aren't going to change either. You'll continue to not see an increase in profit, 
and will rinse and repeat until you tell everyone that business just didn't work and that you're quitting because you didn't love it. So if you are ready to figure out and maybe admit that you're not doing everything I've taught on this podcast and you need some helps with the implementation, then you need to click in the link in the show notes. You need to book a call with me so that I can hear exactly where you are in business. Make sure that She Profit School is the right step for you and you can get started. So I often get people that will say to me, but I'm very introverted and therefore I could never be good at sales. And the extroverts think, well, I'm extroverted and I should excellent, I should be excellent at sales right now. <laughs> no, not necessarily, because what it is, is learning how to communicate the value of your proposition. So what are you selling and why do I want it? Why do I need it? Why is it the solution that fixes the exact thing that I'm looking for? Selling for the most part is storytelling right? Being able to engage somebody and have them buy into the idea of, first off, you recognize what my problem is and you have knowledge and ability and capability to solve that problem for me. And I like hanging out with you enough to do business with you. Don't forget that part, right? And the last part on that is you ask for the sale. So many business owners forget that people aren't just going to beg to buy your product or your service, right? They're actually going to need to be led down the path and asked. So it sounds like we are ready to make a change. It sounds like you are really excited about organizing your photos. Your mom's getting older. You want to make sure that you're now in a position to have a beautiful display for your mother and also you can share it, I'm sure, with all of your family members in the meantime, so that everybody can see all these photos of the grandkids as they've grown up, et cetera, et cetera. And Shirley, who you're talking to, says, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I really like that. I, I really should do it. Most of us, okay, great. Well, let me know when you decide and I'll get and I'll help you out then. That's how a lot of us finish that conversation. Instead of saying to Shirley, like, okay, Shirley. I am hearing you say to me that this is the exact thing that you're looking for. When can we start to work on your photos? When let's get you on the schedule next week to be able to start creating those. I don't know what they're called. Photo arrays, scrapbooks, presentations, right? Of those photos. And then she's going to come back to you and say, well, I'm not sure if this works exactly right now. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, I misunderstood. Your timeline seemed to be immediate. What is your timeline? And you can ask the question. And you're coming from a place of inquiry and curiosity, not from a place of like, oh, come on, surely I want you to buy this thing, right? You're coming from a place of like, oh, okay, if not right now, what works for you? So we have that conversation and each one of you is going to have a different answer right? In terms of where are you good at this and where do you stop? Do you ask that? Do you actually push for the sale? All of that sort of thing. Okay. Does that make sense? Are you guys, I'm just going to scroll back in the chat to make sure that everybody is on board with that. Does that make sense in terms of evaluating where you are in the sales process and your skills? Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Awesome. Okay. Second piece that makes life 
really easy in terms of increasing your profitability specifically is raising your rates. Now, for most of you on here, you're going to have control over what you're charging clients. For some of you, that might not be the case. So instead, replace raise your rates with raise your value. I want you to think about with your particular business, how can you add value to what clients are already getting that will make you more interesting to them, will create more intrigue around your offer. But for those of you that set your own rates, I can almost unanimously tell you, you are charging too little for your services. Full stop. That's it. You're charging too little. So if you're trying to increase your profit and you're feeling like that's an impossible situation, raising your rates even a little bit for your entire client base, because you haven't done it in four years or whatever the time frame has been, will immediately increase your profits because it doesn't cost you any more to provide that service or that product to that person as it did the day before. So for how many of you sitting there right now, are you thinking like, oh man, she's talking to me. I don't want to raise my rates. I'm nervous about that. Anybody in that situation? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Anybody want to come up to the come up to the front of the classroom and tell me why you've been hesitant to raise your rates? Anybody want to be bold and we'll have that conversation for a minute? Anybody? Okay, I'll try. <laughs> okay. Who is that there? I can't tell who's see, who's speaking. Okay. So who are who are you? This is Carrie. I'm I'm in Ohio. Okay, cool, Carrie. Thank you. So tell me a little bit. So I've been I think I'm at that five year mark, which is kind of scary, <laughs> but trying to do drum lessons here and there and different places. And I just moved to music and arts and I don't have any I had students, now I don't. Mm -hmm. So now back in a place like, you know, I've been with NIA for almost a year, but it, I don't know if it's really helped or not. I think I need to, I don't want to say anything bad about it. Just, I need to get more in a zone where I know what to do and how to do it because, but back to the, back to the rates, you know, yeah. I've, got, I've been playing most of my life. I got all these degrees. So I'm about 30 here in this area and, and I think I had 50 for an hour, but that's, that's pretty high for, you know, but, but it's my, my expertise. So mm -hmm. if, I go high, if I go any higher, I feel like no one, um, um, top, uh, top and out, no one's going to want me with that price point. Okay. So here's the thing. That's just what you're telling yourself. That's not necessarily true, right? How many years of experience did you say you had? Yeah, since high school, sixty years old. So. Okay, so like a couple years, a couple years yeah, of experience, a couple, couple decades there. Uh huh. And degrees, you said. Yeah, I just finished a master's degree. Okay. Before the pandemic, so. Okay, so. Why couldn't you command a hundred dollars an hour? And I'm just throwing this number out here. I'm not being, you know, we'll talk about the numbers, but. $100 an hour. And what would you have to do in terms of selling that? Who would you sell to that maybe you're not right now? How could you put yourself out there as the person to go to for 
drum lessons and what does that change for that person on the back end? So like, I've always wanted to play the drums. I never took the time to do it as a kid. I didn't really, we didn't have the money, whatever those things might be that your potential clients are talking about. What does it mean to that person who is now 37 and keeps hearing about self-care all the time, everywhere they go, and they can't even fathom what self-care even means, but then they see something from you and they think like, well, gosh, if I had learned, like, maybe I could learn to play the drums. Maybe it's not too late. Danello, is that you? Do you need to learn to play the drums? Well, I was just, um, it, it might be a bit off the rails of the conversation, but some of my favorite content whenever I'm scrolling Facebook are those little shorts of very impressive, like metal, death metal drummers <laughs> that are just going all over the place. They're going super fast and complicated, that that whole math core. I'm talking way out of school here, but like <laughs> that, that, that very jazzy, fast uh, drumming. And I'm always impressed by it. And I'm like, man, if I had the time, I would totally go for something like that. But I feel like the people that are online and showcasing their talent definitely get the most attention. And like if some of those guys, a lot of them look like young punks, but if they were to actually... <laughs> you know, leverage that expertise that they have just by positioning themselves as an expert. Yeah. I think that there's money to be gained there, just teaching lessons, even for online or, you know, in person or whatever. That's my two cents. But I heard drummer and I'm like, oh, the nerd popped out of me. <laughs> Carrie, what do you think? Do you think that there is potentially an audience for that? Is there somebody that's like, you know what, I would pay him to teach me how to do this. And maybe I'm not the student. Maybe I'm not the high school kid that parents have said sure you can have drum lessons just don't do it in our house it's very loud yeah i'm trying to make videos and i i started like every monday but it's kind of slack off so that's my, that's on me for for missing that but i'm not a i'm not that type of hard guy but i could probably do the fast jazz stuff you know you can see that yeah set back there i'm trying to try and get this latin piece down it's like driving me nuts <laughs> <laughs> Or even what about a video like that? What about a video of you learning a new piece and the struggle and the challenge and the, hey, yeah, if you're there, oh, then like, right. I'm the expert and I can help you. And but look, like, I'm struggling I, too, but you can learn along with me, right? You can learn along with me and I'm five steps down the path. So you're at the beginning right. of the path and I'm not, I'm not like somebody that's playing the energy stadium I mean, just, but i am the person who's like i'm five steps down the path and i can get you at least to here right right well i had a i had one guy he was um he was he was older and he mm -hmm. was taking lessons from me and his wife fell about three or four weeks ago and i haven't heard i mean i've tried to give up but now other things have come up and you know, i took she, yeah. she's it's a pretty serious thing that happened so i mean i'm i just kind of let it go because you know yeah. Well, even with him, so not because we want to sell him again, but you could just call and say, Hey, I was thinking about you wondering how your wife is. I wanted to check right. in with no ulterior motive, no intention for it to go any beyond just, Hey, you're a person I know and I care about you. And I wanted to know how that was going. Yeah. I need to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So I want you all to, Oh, I want you all to challenge. Hold on, Alexis. I'll come to you in a second. Um, so I want you to challenge yourself on the theory that you can't raise your rates because I think you can. 
And I think it's just about first off selling yourself on that new value that you've decided to offer. Okay. Okay. Alexis, what, what do you got going on? I'm sorry. I put something in my mouth because I was hungry. (laughs) (laughs) So snack time, but also what else? Um, Okay, for instance, for me, I'm a mortgage loan officer, so okay. I can't raise my rates. I'm trying to beat everybody else's rates. I am a broker, so I do have the capability of doing that. Yep. Um, and I don't charge any fees. So I guess that wouldn't apply to folks like me who are in the finance industry. Well, could or you would... charge fees? No, it's illegal. Okay. You can't charge anything unless okay. the loan closes, right? Okay. Um, so then if you're going to come at it from the different standpoint that you can't necessarily increase those rates that you're offering, what value can you in, can you offer that sets you apart that allows you to close more business? Where is there a gap in what the average person in the industry is doing or something that you're already doing, but you don't really talk about that is probably quite valuable to your clients. Is there anything that jumps out there? Well, I mean, I have 28 years experience. I've been in all mm-hmm. aspects of the industry. I mean, I put that out there in social media and trying to get, you know, engagements with realtors. Of course, realtors are in flux with people like us because the markets, you know, the rates are high, the inventory yeah. is low. Um, and a lot of people, especially first time home buyers, they are very concerned about the rates. People who are, mm-hmm. who are looking to, for wealth building, they are not. It's hard to separate yourself. So that's why I'm doing all these these networking events and things so they can meet me in person and speak to me one-on-one and see what my intelligence level is or my knowledge mm-hmm. of the industry is. But it's really hard to separate yourself. I mean, if you are in a mortgage group or if you're looking for a mortgage, all you see is, you know, advertisement for I'm the best loan officer there is. We offer <laughs> the best. So, you know, what separates yourself? I mean, the knowledge that, you know, but you, you can't really you can't really sell something until you prove it. So even like with right. me, I have proved I can close a loan in less than 10 days. I can do it. it. It can't be done. Even when people tell me you can't do things, I can exceed that. But how, how do you set yourself apart when everybody else is saying the same things? I mean, my integrity. I think you do it with testimonials. You do it with other people saying those things about you. So the people that you've closed a loan for in 10 days, you make an absolute requirement i mean i say requirement loosely but like you make it the rule where you're going to get a testimonial from them and if you can get one of your clients on video or two of your clients on video a month that are saying those things about you that becomes a much better seller than you saying it right yeah i'm having trouble with google finding all my reviews it's almost like i Mm -hmm. have none and i we did that uh, with every closing. They had to, they didn't have to, but we would get yeah. an extra $100. You can't, force them. You can't like yeah. break anybody's arm to do it, but yeah, yeah. you want to get it done. So even doing it on your phone, like even getting your clients to send, you know, kind of a video off their phone very quickly that then you can incorporate into your social media or you can incorporate into clips that, you know, when you're sending clients or potential clients emails, you can include those sorts of things. Other people's words about us and how exceptional we are at what we do goes a huge long way, right? So I would do those sorts of things is try and encompass those into some of your other places, at least to start, that would, that would help. Okay. 
Yeah, thank you. I just got to get the link fixed. Yeah, I know. Tech, not my favorite. I'm sure there's somebody on here that can help you with that tech, though. I guarantee there's somebody listening who's exceptional at it. I was fighting with it all day. Um, Okay, be the go-to. So this is kind of what we were just talking about, right? So we're going to commit to learn how to be better salespeople overall. So what stage of the process do we need to get better at? Maybe it's all of them. We're going to work towards that. We're going to get help. So figure out who can help you and work on those skills. Raise your rates. So increase your rates if you're capable of doing so, or start sharing and talking about your value as a service provider or as a product provider so that people understand how great you are and what you offer. Third, be the go-to. So we were just talking about this, right? This comes to your expertise. This comes to being the authority in your industry for a certain thing. You can take a different spin. And in fact, I I really encourage you to do so. What makes you stand out? Are you the um are you the drum instructor that also does archery? I don't know. I'm making that up, but like, what is it about you that can be pulling people in and they're like, oh, he also teaches you how to play drums. That's very cool. Or oh. She also does mortgages. So yes, she does ultra marathons and she does mortgages. And am I going to get pulled in with her ultra marathon content or her funny stories about her kids content or her golf bloopers content? And then I'm going to also learn about what her actual or your actual skill is in the business, right? So you don't always have to just be, I'm an exceptional loan officer, you're right. It is overdone. People hear it all the time. And when you say it about yourself, sorry, guys, when you say it about yourself, it doesn't always necessarily sound true to people. But when the reality is other people are saying it about you, or you've created some other way that they can come into your pipeline, that can be really, really helpful. Okay. The fourth one, I want to leave some time for questions and things at the end too. So if there's anything that you guys want to talk about afterwards, um, I want to get through this and then allow for you guys to just ask questions. But fourth thing to make profit a priority is I'm going to really encourage you slash kick your butt into sell every day, every day, be talking to people every day, be making connections every day be going into conversations with people from a perspective of looking for their interest in buying what you have to sell. Now, I'm not suggesting that you just start talking about your stuff in a weird way, right? We don't want to do this like, you you don't go to a neighborhood, you move into a new house and a person comes and you're at your front door and they, they walk by, there's some guy walking his dog. And the first thing that you say to somebody in a normal human conversation isn't like, hey, Would you like to get married? That would be really weird, right? Instead, we want to have these conversations so that when we we start to recognize the sales opportunity, but that we're not pushing it down somebody's throat that's not wanting it, right? That's not actually showing engagement in what you have to offer. But I do want you to be picking up the phone, making those one-to-ones. You're all committed to being part of NIA, right? Or you're a guest and you're intrigued by NIA. So take the time to do one-on-ones with everybody in your group for two reasons. One, 
They could know somebody that needs your service right now, and they just don't know enough about what you do or how you do it to have referred you business. Number two, they're going to now, after this conversation, and you're going to do the same, you're going to know so much about their business and who they are and what they're like that you can go out and be an ambassador. So if you're taking the time to have those conversations, those sales conversations every day, some of them will lead to sales directly. Some of them will lead to other networking connections. And some of them will lead to ambassadors out in the world talking about you in rooms you're not even in. And that will come back and pay dividends long-term, okay? The last one, and we've kind of touched on this, be your own boss. And I say this to my clients all the time, like you have to be the boss and the employee. You have to hold yourself to the standard of your scheduling, your planning, your expectations for sales calls, your goals that you're trying to achieve. It's easy as the entrepreneur to let those things slide and be like, I'll do it next month. I'll do it next month. It's been busy. There's a reason. If you had a boss that was like, you either make these calls or you're fired, you'd probably make the calls or at least there's a much higher chance. So sometimes you have to be that big jerk of a boss to yourself and actually make those calls and take the time to build your business and increase your profit. So if you know that that's you, this is an accountability piece and you need accountability to yourself. And if you're struggling with that accountability piece, like I know what I need to do and I'm just not getting it done, then you need to find somebody who will hold you accountable. That can be somebody in this group. They can hold you accountable. You can create some accountability buddies. You can tell people what your intentions are and they're going to start harassing you if they're your friends or your accountability buddies when you don't get it done. Or this is a place where you hire somebody. It is worth hiring somebody who's going to kick your butt into action if it means you're going to increase your bottom line profits in your business and create yourself time and flexibility time and financial flexibility for the whole year, right? Okay, so I sped through that. Does anybody have any questions about those specifically? You want to just pop it in the chat if you do have anything that you want me to touch on before we move on? Moose, me, me, I can't even talk anymore. Minimum of 10 meaningful conversations a week with prospects. Yes, sir right? And meaningful, most critical part of that sentence, isn't it? It is. What can I do to help you? Never, never sell right off the get go. No. Uh, it's just like, Hey man, you know, I was thinking about you. What can I do to help you? What's your biggest need right now? What keeps you up at night? And once I, yeah. find, you know, enough about what they're looking for, I'm a great resource. And so I try to do a minimum of 10. Often it's more than that. But two a day, you can't take to, you know time for two meaningful conversations a week. I love the phone. There are people mm -hmm. that take the phone. I think it's the greatest sales tool ever, and I'm not afraid of it. I sold radio for 30 years, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, I did digital marketing for 12. And, the, I, and again, this is the greatest sales tool going because if I get a voicemail, they're going to hear Moose Rosenfeld with Network in Action. Hey, man, I was thinking about you. I've got a great idea I want to share with you. Give me a call back. Who don't want to hear a great idea? And yeah. I'll be searching up to, you know, about them, whether it's on LinkedIn or whether it's on lack of number of uh, reviews on Google. What I'll find a meaningful, you know, pain point 
And uh, that starts the conversation. And then once that, they go, tell me what you do. How do you help? Mm -hmm. And then, then we're off, you know, to the races. So it's, yeah. uh, it's just, if you have a, if you have a heart that wants to give and help people, um, it, you'll, you'll do really well. Uh, I know this, what you were saying, video, short videos, Kenny would be great. Um, yeah. I, I used to play like this. Now I play like that. If you'd like help, if you would like to, you know, go from point A to point D, I'm the guy to help you, but short video vignettes. Why is TikTok so popular? Because they're short 15 second videos, you know, yeah. TikTok doesn't give you any documentation on, you know, who watched your video. That's the one challenge with TikTok, but it's a, people are, you know, and they're, uh, they're drawn to short videos and, mm -hmm. you know, point, I have a ton of people that, you know, that I work with that love me, but I've never asked them to do a video testimonial. Guess what? I'm, that's my new, one of my new initiatives. Okay. Yeah. And it makes such a difference because you can be putting those videos up on, uh, okay, I'm going to say this. I'm not actually sure, but I think you can put them up on Google right? Because you can do blog posts and things. So I imagine you can probably figure out a way to put a video up there. Mm -hmm. You can create a YouTube channel that has client testimonials on there that you can send people to if they're like, hey, tell me about how you work with clients. There you go. There's a whole book of people you can talk to, right? Or mm -hmm. you can see from their own words. Um, and people are willing to do it. Everybody's getting very used to operating on their phones mm -hmm. to sit in you know, in the car when you're parked at a place and just go, oh yeah, I was going to do that for moose. Right. Okay. I'm going to do a quick little, quick little video. Also giving people in testimonials in particular, giving them an idea of what you're looking for. Sometimes people really struggle with how, how to come across in that video or what you want them to talk about. So sometimes you can say, Hey, I would love if you did a video testimonial, um, give them a, how you were before we worked together and what, what the result was, what did I solve for you? Give them a little, a little tip because sometimes it's really hard when you're like, yeah, Moose is great. I can't think of anything else. This video is terrible. And then they don't do it and they don't send it. So give them a little, give them a little help along the way. Great tip, Samantha. Thank you. Okay. Mortgage tips. Absolutely. Um, Alicia, you're right. Like Alexis, you could absolutely do, mortgage tips or training or even um, different ways of helping because your primary clients are going to be realtors, right? They're the people that are driving the business to you. So when you think about that, what do they need? Is there something you can help them with, right? So now we're at the point of the presentation where the rubber hits the road, guys, because if I don't actually try and talk you into talking to me thoroughly, then that would just be silly after that whole conversation about sales. But here, as an example of what we're just talking about is some testimonials. These are clients that I've had that I've helped. And some of the things I want you to think about when you're looking at the way I've structured this is, first off, there's a picture of a human there. That's really important. We want to see that these look like legitimate people and that they, they exist in the world. I didn't just make them up, right? So... Those are two people that are local here to Katie that I have helped in their businesses. The five stars, that's just sitting there because you know what? We all know what a five-star rating means, and that's really helpful, right? Now, 
I want you to all notice the QR code and I want you to notice it for two reasons. Number one, you should have created something like this for yourself. An easy way that is going to pull people in and get their information and allow you to continue the conversation with them. So every time that you're speaking or engaged with somebody or you meet them for coffee, giving them a business card is helpful, but giving them access to you electronically in a way that is going to capture their information right away, super, super valuable. So my ask for you guys, and we talked about this, right? Ask for the sale. So the sale for me is, hey, click on that QR code. Put yourself into my database and then we'll get to continue having a conversation all about sales, all about how I coach people. And there's a little PDF workbook that is attached to that that I have created for you guys to help you continue thinking about and working on all of your profitability moving forward. So what that does from you guys taking a peek of it from like the back end piece, right? The psychology piece of it is, hey, I want your information, but I'm going to give you something that we've already determined you found valuable. Because if you showed up today and you wanted to hear about making profit a priority, then I know darn well the freebie I've put on the back end of this is going to help you grow your business and is going to help you further that profit discussion, right? So I want to encourage all of you to, first off, get yourself in there. Secondly, do this for yourself. Be willing to put yourself out there and say, hey, I can help you. My skills, my talents, my product is exactly what you need to solve the problem that you have, regardless of the problem that you guys are solving, okay? So I'm going to assume that all of you have clicked on that QR code, have taken a picture, clicked on the QR code, and you're now in my world. I see some cameras raising. So Everybody hop in there, but don't worry, I'll send this to you later in case you missed it, okay? Okay, here's your homework. Hey, Carrie, I see you. I see you. Don't worry, it'll be back in a second. <laughs> okay, so here's your homework. We were not going to leave today without you having something to do. First thing, I want you to book a call with me. I want you to realize that even just with a couple of people that I was able to talk to today, Hopefully, not only they have had some ideas of what they could do differently in their business, but also hopefully you're all listening to that and trying to put yourself in their shoes and see how could my advice to them be relevant to you? This is what I do on these consult calls, okay? So yes, are we going to talk about coaching with me and whether or not it's a great solution? Absolutely. That would be silly if I didn't. But what I also do, and I pride myself on this, is that we're going to have a conversation about those stumbling blocks that you have in your business right now that you need help with. And if I can just drop a nugget or two or a piece of information or connect you with somebody that is the right solution for that, right? As Moose said, we are great connectors at NIA and we are absolutely going to put you in front of the person that's going to solve that problem for you. Then I recommend you do it. Okay. Book a call with me. Let's sit together for 45 minutes and let me give you some steps on what to move forward. And then, of course, we'll chat all about how coaching makes a big difference. Okay, strategy number two, schedule your sales meetings first before client work. Yeah, I know. It's blowing your mind. You're like, I don't even have time for that. How would I do that? The reality is your business should be structured in a way that only about 40% of your time 
is doing active client work. 40% of your time, active client work. At least 30%, let's say 25 to 30% should be doing get new leads work. That's actually your job. Almost half of your job is just find new humans, have conversations, fill your pipeline. So if you're not doing that right now and you're in that world of like, holy smokes, I am like nine hours a day, every single day, and I am just doing the work, doing the work, doing the work, and never working on your business and building the pipeline, you need to stop that right now. And you need to have a conversation with me and I'll help you figure out how to do that and how to create a little bit more space in your days so that you can spend more time selling your business and less time just working in the business. That makes it very hard to keep going all the time. It leads to burnout, okay? Third strategy, and then we're wrapped up. So third strategy is, talked about this already, you have to get accountable. You have to hold yourself accountable. And if you can't, and most of us can't on a consistent basis, myself included, you need to find someone who will. And Helen doesn't call me an ass kicker for no reason. That is what I do with people. Now, sometimes I do it a little more lovingly and sometimes I do it a little more aggressively. But either way, I hold people to actually hitting or exceeding their goals all the time. Okay? So find your person, whether it's me or whether it's somebody else, and then tell everybody so that we can hold you accountable. Okay. So you are profit ready. You are capable of going out and generating more profit in your business and you can do it even with the rest of the week that we have left, okay? So what I didn't mention is I've been here now in Texas for 10 years, but I'm Canadian. So hence the Wayne Gretzky quote, people. I hope you're all hockey fans. But here's the thing. I want you to remember, you will miss 100% of the shots you don't take. So what that means in your business is you will not sell 100% of the clients you don't bother asking. So go out there and actually have those questions, those conversations, and sell your business. Okay? There's that QR code again for anybody that is was looking for it that didn't catch it the last time. All right, guys. I am open for questions. I think... Danella, how much time do we have? Another two minutes? Not long? Basically, yeah. But if there's uh, anything <laughs> that we want to squeeze in, uh, we could certainly do that now. Okay. I got to say, like, it was um, a very fun conversation. I think the biggest, my biggest takeaway from all this is definitely the importance of positioning yourself, positioning yourself as an authority or an expert in the field and really just showcasing that for the world, just finding the avenues to do that. Um, it's a big one. So, yeah. Yeah. I love it. You know, one of the things that I told my daughter when she was little, uh, we would go to the ballpark and look and get, um, autographs and it was uh, the worst that they can do is say no. So 100%. go up to them, yeah. go up to them and be a cute little girl <laughs> and say, Mr. So-and-so, could I please have your autograph? And generally speaking, they would all give them to them. But it's like the worst that can happen is they can, they'll say no. And then you just say, thank you and go on your way. Yeah, absolutely. Most people aren't going to be bitter and twisted that you dared tell them about the business that you have, right? Especially if you're doing one-to-ones with 
other NIA members, which you should be doing, right? I said that before. And we're supposed to be talking about our business. What do you say to somebody at a party? Hey, what do you do? That comes up in the first like eight minutes usually. So it gives you an opportunity. People are actually asking. So have a real and meaningful conversation about what you do at that point, right? All right, guys, I'm going to pop my um, my contact information in the chat for anybody that wants it. The QR code is there. You can definitely connect with me there. Okay. Anything else that anybody has today that you want me to answer before we run away? Thank you, Samantha. You're welcome. Samantha, this was great. And I actually am dropping one last thing unrelated in the chat, but if you are participated today and you would like to receive a list of today's participants and their contact information, you could opt in at the link that I just dropped into the chat there. Looks like I double pasted it. Oh, well. Um, <laughs> but go ahead and uh, click that link, uh, fill out the form. And um, yeah, we uh, I, I will be sending out uh, the CSV tomorrow. All right. And for everybody that participated that. today, stayed here. The few and the proud, um, thank you so much. Be sure to join us on the first, third, and fourth Wednesday of every month for our Network with the Nations Speaker Series and Sales Mastery. Thank you once again to Ms. Samantha Varner. This was awesome. This was, your, I believe, your second time uh, doing your thing here on, on uh, yes. Network with the Nations and our Speaker Series. So I really do appreciate that. It's always a pleasure having you. And to everybody else, uh, once again, thank you for participating. And I will see you all next time. Thank you, Samantha. Thanks, guys. You're welcome. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much for listening and spending your time at the She Needs Grit podcast. I would be ever so grateful if you would be able to leave me a review or share this episode with somebody that you know needs to listen to these lessons as well. Thank you so much.